What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. We've got a great show for you today. We've got talking all about the athletic layoffs, talking about that D-bag, D-bags. Coach from last night, Philly's losing in a tough one. The Torpedo, Cody Clemens, almost hitting a two-run home run to win at JT Riomuto. Hits for the cycle at 1 a.m. on the East Coast, but if no one saw it, is David Bell actually still the guy with the cycle? People are wondering. We'll check in on our buddies in the Northeast now that they are their own civilization, they're their own island out there, and we've finally separated them from the good people of the North Central, I guess Philadelphia will call it. But before we get into that, I want to bring on my guy in his tank top, Kevin Kincaid. It's good. Looks Pagan. like you're about to get down the beach in that motorhead tank top. I'm about to do that, or I could jump on the uh, the zero turn electric mower and get that grass done. Man, we needed that rain last night. Do you think, with the proper Motorhead Megadeth anal cunt playlist, mm-hmm. you put a ramp on 95 going northbound? Do you think in the Honda you could shoot the gap and get over uh, and get over 95 if you needed to? If you needed to. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. I could put, you know, the uh, the Z6 uh, zero turn electric mower does get a pretty good top speed there. I could kick it up into sport mode, which is the highest of the three. You could probably get enough uh, miles per hour to, to shoot the gap there. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be a close one, but I think I got enough battery power. Uh, got five batteries that I put in the back there. So I just juice it up and We'll be ready to go. That's my favorite dad thing to say, by the way. My favorite dad line. Um, Juice it up. So it really, we needed that rain. Now I really need need this rain here, <laughs> so we can uh, mow the grass and keep the keep the backyard looking good. Yeah, yeah. It's the suburb equivalent of me making small talk in corporate America, being like, "Oh, how about that weather we're having? You know, we really needed yeah. that rain." Yeah, how about that weather? Yeah, yeah, all the water. Well, we don't get to do the water cooler talk, man, because we're all remote now, you know? It's all work from home, so you don't get to hear all the useless bullshit that everybody has to say every uh, every morning at the office, you know? Do you miss that? Do you miss going into the office? Probably not because no, you were quiet quitting yeah. at Comcast now. Yeah. I absolutely hated the office. I hated every small talk conversation. I hated everything about corporate America, and I yeah. do not miss it at all, which I'm sure the people who actually write for The Athletic don't miss it at all either because mm-hmm. they're probably working remote, correct, unless they're you're, they're flying with the team. They're going on uh, correct. They're going on away trips and everything. Um, some are still. Some are not. Um, really interesting. A lot of, lot of news coming about and everything. The Athletic, as people saw, I think they were cutting anywhere from 20 to 30 uh, beat writers. It looks like they're transitioning over to more of a regional coverage model um, when their traditional model when they first started was we were going to bleed out all the local newspapers and hire the best beat writers for coverage of all time. Guys like Rich Hoffman, uh, Sixers beat writer, run fortunately let go. Guys like uh, there was a Pittsburgh Pirates beat reporter. Finally, for the first time, I think he was writing for six years. The Pittsburgh Pirates are finally good, and he gets let go. I know there was a Nets beat writer who was let go the day before Mikhail Bridges' uh, feature was coming up. I wonder if he keeps that now. Does the Athletics still write for it? I hope he gets to keep it. I hope he gets to put it on a substack because I feel like a lot of uh, these guys will be creating a substack. Anyway, Kev, what do you think between the Athletic with, you know, we've been kind of, we've made fun of them in a way. 
because of not because of the, the the reporters and everything, but because of what their CEO, their founder came out and said yeah. originally. What do you think about the athletic where it is at today? What do you think about their shift to the regional coverage? What do you think about the future landscape? Are we going to have a Sixers reporter out here in October? Yeah, it's well. The thing you were referencing first off is the Alex Mather comment from the beginning when they when they founded the website, where he said something along the lines of "We're going to wait out every newspaper, bleed out every newspaper, and take all their good writers until we're the last one standing." You know, and then you fast forward six years, and what he really meant to say is that we're going to sell to a newspaper, and then they're going to lay off a bunch of people. So that was kind of where they ended up with that. But yeah, it sucks because Rich is a really good writer, and he had been with them from the beginning. Um, you know, he came over from Philly Voice, and he had been at the Daily News for a little bit before that. Um, but he's a good writer; he'll he'll land on his feet. You know, yeah. I just it's I just think it's um, really fascinating how they started with three Sixers writers. They had Derek Bodner and Michael Connor and Rich Hoffman all there at the same time, and and you know, like the Sixers coverage that they had was the best on the planet. You know, it was like unparalleled the amount of stuff that they were doing. You know, Derek would dive into like the salary cap and give you all kinds of really interesting stuff on that. Mike did a great job of. Um, you know, using video clips and talking about X's and O's and things like that. And like, um, you know, Rich was kind of the best of both worlds, you know? So it, it's, so now you look at it, they got zero Sixers writers. They have one Flyers writer in Charlie O'Connor. They have um, Zach Berman and, and um, Bo Wolf are doing the Eagles and then uh, Mac Elb for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just, I think that's the thing. That's why people signed up for the athletic in the first place. You know, it's cause you, you knew you were getting that, uh, that hyper local single team focus where you knew that rich was only going to be like dialed in on the Sixers. And that's where a hundred percent of his time and effort would go. Same with like Charlie O'Connor, you know? Yeah. So if you're going to have, if you're going to have. So, the, so they're switching to the regional coverage, which is what I believe their CEO or someone in high up an executive at uh, the New York times said. So, I don't know anybody. I'll just keep it to Philadelphia. I don't know anybody in Philadelphia who was like, holy shit, I love that feature profile that they did on Giannis Antetokounmpo, or I love that uh, that yeah. profile they did on the Chicago MLS forward or something like that. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I knew yeah. the athletic as the guys who were dialed in for that city that they wrote on, and I thought that was their business model. And I don't know anyone who's going to keep up with the athletic if, you know, say Charlie O'Connor's covering uh, the, the Devils, the Rangers and the Flyers. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that could ever work in Philadelphia because one per because especially with the Flyers, they'd be like, oh, you can't dedicate 150 percent of your time to my team. Well, why yeah. should I dedicate any time to reading your articles? What do you think about that? No, that's exactly right. I mean, that's a good way to think of it. I, I never really thought of framing it that way. You know, if you're not if you're not going to put 100% of your focus into the team that I care about, then why should I give a shit? You know, like you just can't have like the, 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 you know, hypotheticals. We don't know like completely how it's going to work. They're going to keep, you know, the NFL and the premier league, like writers, that stuff does really well. They say, so, you know, they're not going to have like Zach Berm. Zach Berm is not also going to be like a giants reporter, right? Like they're not touching that, but they're conceivably, you know, you could have the Sixers and the wizards and the nets all be the same guy. So I don't give a shit. Like Sixers fans give a shit with the about the, the the Nets. No, you know. So that that regional stuff doesn't work. It's like the same thing. Like you can't have like an NFC East reporter, you know, because like the Eagles Eagles fans don't care about Saquon's holdout really. You know, I'm sure it will affect their team twice a year, but but no, I mean they would. That, that's the whole reason you subscribe to the Athletic in the first place, man. Because you knew you were it was worth the money to pay to go behind the paywall to get that like super detailed stuff. You can get everything else in front of the paywall. 
you can get it at Philly Voice. You can get it at um, Crossing Broad. You can get it at NBC Sports Philadelphia. You know, there's enough sites that are doing that kind of stuff. So the Athletic loses, you know, like the uniqueness, right? You know, it like, defeats the whole point. In the, in the upper the, level, the upper hand. They 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 lose the upper hand because, like they said, they hired the best of the best in their minds yeah. in each city. And now the best of the best are either like Derek Bodner starting their own thing. Uh, Rich yeah. Hoffman, unfortunately unemployed Mike O'Connor, who's now at rights to Ricky Sanchez. Like they've all moved on from the athletic yeah. when yeah. that was the three guys that they, they wanted. It's- but you alluded to, you alluded to it. I mean, I think there's part of it. Some of the thing, some of the opinions that you get about the athletic writers were that, you know, it's kind of like we're reinventing journalism. It's like we're the greatest things in sliced bread. You know, we're going to do like real proper journalism and all that stuff. And you got a sense coming from what Alex Mather said at the very beginning, you know, with that statement about bleeding the newspapers dry. Like, you know, some of their writers carried this like they get labeled with this sense of like holier than thou, um, yeah. you know, kind of whatever. That wasn't the case for any of the Philadelphia writers, though. You know, like Rich is not like that. Derek's not like that. Like, like Charlie's not like that. I, I it's, it's funny because, um, I never got the sense that any of that, like, you know, were the greatest thing that had that's happened to journalism in ten years. I didn't get the sense that anybody in Philadelphia was would say any of that or feel any of that. Like yeah. they just, they just kind of worked and they just did their thing. You know, um, yeah. no, you don't, you don't agree with that. <laughs> There's a couple guys I think that uh, think their shit don't stink a little bit. Nothing on the Sixers. Well, well, I mean, well, well I, yeah, I mean, maybe we, you could argue that forever, but I don't. I, I think what my point I'm trying to make with that is I think when that guy at the beginning, that CEO, like laid that out and did that quote that he got killed for, it just kind of set the tone for the that they, they really like undermined all the other people who are working for him because it's like, oh, okay, this guy's an asshole, you know? Um, yeah, it made everyone want. It made a lot of people want him to fail. Which is like one yeah, of the yeah. things you don't yeah. want to do when you're when you're yeah. trying to upend an industry. One of the things you don't want to do is come out being like, "Yeah, my shit doesn't stink," and I'm about to steal your job, steal your job, nuke your paper, take food off your table. Like, that's one thing that like I know a lot of yeah. people like Silicon Valley guys. It was it was basically a, a Silicon Valley kind of startup. Like, let's announce this awesome idea, let's get all this capital, get all this funding. Oh shit, we can't turn a profit. Oh shit. Uh, we're trying to turn a profit. Oh shit, we have 2027 when we're uh, gonna turn a profit. Oh crap, we can't even do that. So now uh, let's just sell back to a bigger company and uh, cut our losses. Yeah. I know, and that that always talked too, because there was a lot of stuff at the athletic that was like really, really damn good, like really, really good awesome. stuff. You know, so for for that guy to come out and like for that guy to come out and like piss everybody off right off the bat, it was such a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just like undermined like all the employees that he had there, and like turn people against them right at right off the bat, you know. But I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens here. But yeah, I don't. I don't like to put a bow on it. I don't think the. I don't think a 76ers fan is gonna like subscribe if they know that their coverage is also gonna be split between the guy who's doing like the 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 Knicks, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, uh, right now the Phillies are uh, they still have a reporter at the Athletic, which is good um, because. You know, listen, if they didn't, our poor fellows in the Northeast might be getting their inquirer delayed now with 95 going down. So we wanted to check in on our two Northeast correspondents. We have Tim Riley, who writes for the site. And we have the Philly captain out there in Bridesburg in the Northeast, who I think just did a video of all the traffic. How was the traffic? You ever... uh... 
I don't, you ever see that REM video, Everybody Hurts? Where everybody, yes. just the, the cars are just parked. Everybody's getting out of their cars, just talking to one another. That's what Harbison Avenue looked like earlier today. Everybody was just standing in traffic. It could, it wasn't moving. Um, There's red lights every every other block. Um, it's it's a tragedy what's happened to us, folks. In the Never forget six eleven. Oh, it's it's all it's, it's just it's a nightmare. Um, and it, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. I know it's only going to get better, but I, I feel like it's only going to get worse. So, what is the main thing? that is deterring you guys other than traffic, like getting down to Wildwood, getting to Phillies games, being your own island, which I feel like you guys would actually enjoy. You avoid Northeast Philadelphia. Tim, what is it that's like top of mind for you right now that, that now that 95 is closed for a couple more months? Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind nobody coming in the Northeast Philly, but they all seem to find a way anyway, right? <laughs> These Bucks County people, they will any any way they can get to get into our fair city, pretend like they know they know what's going on around here. They'll, they'll a lot of people it. trying to get to Mayfair on a daily basis. Yeah. Oh, you, you gotta know, man. Capriotti's has the best produce in the two one five, man. <laughs> Just telling you. Um, yeah, I think well, I mean, I was trying to think about this the other day, right? Like this thing's going to cause problems from like uh, from Jersey, obviously with the 95 bypass. I mean, probably down all the way down to like Delaware with the Delaware Memorial Bridge. People will be, you know, taking that bridge to get to that 95 bypass. And there's already a lot of construction down that way. So this is definitely bigger than the Northeast. But, you know, being the center of the universe as we are, um, it's obviously a big problem. Captain pointed out Harvest and Ab, which is, huge issue i don't know like going down the shore is that just going to be a total no-go like what's the tacony palmyra bridge going to look like this weekend when i got to get down yeah. there yeah cap yeah. how's the mood out there in bridesburg i uh i was coming back okay. from new york hold on hold on a sec I was, <laughs> I was coming back from new york on sunday night or sunday sunday day got a whole alert that 95 has collapsed it's gone never to be seen ever again and guess where it took me through? I came off the Betsy Ross Bridge. I got right off the exit, and I got to go to beautiful, beautiful Bridesburg. And you know what? There's a lot of land down there in Bridesburg. So, you know, if Chinatown Arena doesn't work out, oh, oh, yeah. maybe David Edelman should be looking at Bridesburg for the arena. Yeah. How's the mood yeah. over there in Bridesburg? Uh, the mood is, is somber. The people that I, I was I was looking at the Taconi Bridge. I think I saw four or five people jump off. Just because they don't want to deal with the traffic, it's mm. it's and what they're doing, yo, they have <clears throat> they have like a street in Bridesburg cut off, so you can't even cross over Harbison Ave. I had a doctor's appointment at nine a.m. this morning, and the street was cut off, and then Richmond Street was backed up. So I just went home and I canceled my doctor's appointment. Um, I, I'm probably going to die. He probably had some really important news to give me. I'll never know. Because I just can't get anywhere. Not at rush hour. So what I'm doing to, to, to circumvent all this this traffic is I'm going to start doing stuff around 11 a.m. My I'm going to change my work schedule. 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And that way I don't have to deal with the traffic. I can't. I haven't gotten off a 95. Like I, I haven't gotten off 95. 
at Allegheny or Aramingo Avenue yet, I can't imagine how horrible that is. I'm so scared to do it. Like, seriously, it gives me uh, anxiety thinking about how long I'm going to have to sit on the Aramingo Avenue ramp. It's so long and there's a red light. It's, 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 it really is. It's bad. Kevin set the, uh, the over under at three and a half months Mm -hmm. that PennDOT will get this fixed and we will be at least operational. Kev, did you mean that, you know, both lanes will be working southbound and northbound, or maybe they'll go one northbound lane and southbound will be fixed? What was the three and a half months? What was your over under set there, Kev? Well, I guess I should have clarified that. Yeah, I mean, I think completely repaired and back to what it looked like before the accident. Um, Three and a half months. Now I'm thinking that it's definitely going to be the over because like my guess is that they're going to get it to something functional and then make it look like it used to look like. You know what I mean? I remember, and Captain knows this, but when I lived in Fishtown, I lived in Fishtown for five years, they had the Gerard ramp completely closed. Mm-hmm. You couldn't even get off there. For like the three of the four years that I lived in, three of the five years I lived there, I couldn't even get off at, near my house. So you had to get off at Allegheny, and they had like a, what did they have, Captain? They had like a, like a side road that they made, they made like their own road. They, they made a road right next to I-95. It used to be like a abandoned railroad. And and they they and we still use that road. We still use that road. Where yeah. the case? Oh, it doesn't matter. Video. Yeah. No, so, they had a, they had like an access road or something that they built road, on the yeah, side. Right, yeah. Right, yeah, right next to the railroad, and you would just go right up. And, and we still use it. And and the thing about that is Allegheny Avenue. So one of the greatest ways to get through Bridesburg and Port Richmond is use Delaware Ave, the last street in yeah. Philadelphia. Well, here's the thing. Delaware Ave turns into Allegheny Ave, which is usually a two-way street, right? But for some reason, they're digging up Allegheny Ave, so we can't even use that. It's like one of the major arteries. Life would be so much better if we had Allegheny Avenue fixed. Seriously, I, I Mayor Pete was just uh, down at Cotman Ave about an hour ago. Is oh, that no. the is that the biggest celebrity to ever come to Cotman Ave? No, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani did the uh, Four Season thing the other day true. right there. It's true. All, all the goofball politicians, they know where it's at. Cotman had. Yeah, so the three and a half, I thought, was like to get it back to looking like what it's it, it looked like originally. But I, I, I checked with the Crossing Broad Sports book uh, this morning. People are hammering the over. About 80% of the handle is coming in on the over. Tim, I think you probably would smash the over, yes? Yeah, I, I have no faith in PennDOT to get this done quickly. I mean, first of all, it's a huge disaster. I mean, it's a, you know a big fix, I'm sure. But then I just feel like if we lived anywhere else, this would be done in like a week or a month. Like, why does it take these guys so long to get anything done? Well, you know, now here's, you were, I know you were beating this drum yesterday and you got a little blowback, but yeah. like, they like operate worse than the water department where you see like eight guys around a hole, one guy digging the hole. Like, why don't we get three guys on the hole and five watching? Can we do that? Yeah, there's going to be 10 guys standing around watching another guy with a jackhammer, and then they're going to take a 15-minute smoke break, followed by the removal of the traffic codes, which is basically three guys sitting on the back of the truck, and the other guy's going to drive it. And they're going to block off all the traffic while not actually doing anything, and they'll make sure they start the cones like a mile before the scene. But um, here's the thing. We have four assholes on the show right now who probably know nothing about civic engineering at all. Um so I, I like 
I don't think it's a, I don't think PennDOT's going to be involved in this, right? Because the feds are going to come in, like they, yeah. they issue a disaster declaration. Is, am I like, what exactly is the process of putting this thing back together in the first place? It's not going to be a PennDOT thing, is it? I think it's going to be federal disaster. Like it's going to be federal disaster relief fund. We're going to get all the government yeah. funds we need and everything. And we're going to have people 24 hours working around the clock. Shocking <laughs> enough. I am shocked to see how far they've gotten so far. Just taking that rent, that, that spot down. Go ahead, Cap. I, I was there the day it collapsed. I went there. I went to the Phillies game after the Phillies game. I went to go check out to see what was going on firsthand. And they were already doing the demolition of the highway less than less than eight hours after the, the accident happened. I don't think Cotman Avenue ramp can open again as an exit um, because the turn was incredibly steep. And it was if you went above the speed limit, um, you're gonna they're gonna have to do something to change that 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 exit ramp because uh, a bus flipped over there a few months ago. Um, so they're gonna have to because nobody goes 15 miles per hour. Yeah, going Captain, down the, the amazing thing about that ramp is if you just slow down, it's actually not a very hard turn. But people continue to drive as if they're on the highway, right? Through that right. turn, and, and you're going right into that red light at uh, Cotman and State. So you need to slow yeah. down. Like they yeah. like you, they got to figure out a way to get people to slow down. Right. Now, right lights are optional yeah. in Philadelphia. Here's the one thing I will say that cuz I saw people making this comparison when they had uh the hurricane that hit like the Fort Myers area last year. Um my in-laws have a place in Cape Coral which is right nearby. So you take this bridge out there to a place called Pine Island, goes through a little town called Matlache. I think is how you say it. Um, it sounds and like they had that the thing repaired. Point. Yeah, I think he was in 98 degrees or something. Um, but you take that bridge over there and, and whatever. They had the bridge repaired after the hurricane in like no time, like a matter of weeks or days or something like that. Um, okay, like I get it, but a little different. Like you're talking about like people live on that. So people live on that island and that's the- You're talking about a road that 160,000 people drive on a day. That is literally yeah. the cornerstone of- like the Northeast well, and getting all the logistics, all the supply chain, everything there. People yeah, are taking yeah. it to New York. People are taking it from New York to Philadelphia. Like that is a little bit different than an island that might not even have 160,000 people on it. I could be wrong. Correct me if I, I mean, am. Well, no, I, I was just saying, I was just, I, the point I was trying to make was that it's like, it's kind of apples and oranges because it's like, that. that's the only, it's one way in and one way out. I mean, you can get to Pine Island by boat, but you know, it's, it's, you're talking about like a huge, like, commerce well not commerce but yeah i mean like get, getting trucks through there getting commuters through there and whatever versus like on florida's side like there's no way for those people to get in and out of there other than than boats so it's kind of like an apples and oranges compared i'm sure florida did it faster than, than we would because philly you know gets hung up on all kinds of bullshit but if they push through that and they got the feds involved yeah as, as you know pete Buttigieg is well known for his wealth of knowledge and transportation right so hopefully he can uh speed up the the process here and get but, but it's two it's kind of two different things you know two yeah, different situations. captain what what are the fellas saying in the neighborhood at the bridesburg pub or at the post office or down the street in the yeah, park what are the fellas what's saying Stosh, what's stash saying at the pub i haven't seen him in like seven years Listen, i can't i can't say any of the stuff they're saying at the bars in bridesburg on this show um <laughs> what, no, what are, just, are we got any inside no, institutional no, knowledge Here's, here's something I was I, I went down Lefevre Street to go cross across the Haramingo Avenue and they, they have it roped off. And one of the neighbors has a lawn chair in front of the police state with a cup of coffee sitting there. And when people come up, he just goes, 
Nah, it's closed. You got to go that way. Not, not, he's not even like a cop. He's just, it's becoming, he Bridesburg to... is becoming its own police state right now. This is what dead. happens when you can't go. When you colonize the Northeast, this is what happens. People, people just sit outside in front of ropes and just start directing traffic on their own. I kind of love it. He it. has police. Hey. T- There's a cop down the street, but he's he's circumventing. He just go this way. It's easier. Just go. So no, when captain's riding, when captain's riding his bike around, think of how many dickheads are normally out there. I mean, this is going to be like his Super Bowl. There's going to be so many dickheads like cutting across lanes and stuff like that. You're going to have content for days here. I know, but I don't like content for days. I just want to be able to get to the Phillies game in thir- in 13 minutes. It's it's this is just. I hate it. I don't know why it had to happen here. Why couldn't it happen in like, I don't know, anywhere else besides my exit? It's my exit. <laughs> we have Feel a question. For, we have a question for Tim here um, from Philly fan. He says, what happens first, 95 fix or Reese Hoskins back in the Phillies lineup? Well, the next time you see Reese Hoskins, I have a feeling that he'll be playing for Chicago Cubs or somebody like that. I don't think he's coming back. I don't. I think I've been very firm on uh, where I stand with Reese, and I feel badly about it because people love him for some reason. I mean, I don't love watching him strike out 38% of the time he's up or whatever. But, uh, you know, Captain, come on. I actually watch all the games, so I get to say this. He was the hot, the hot and cold streaks were just too much for me after a while. I mean, I've written about it. You can read it if you want. Um, I'm ready to see him move on. And, uh, yeah, thanks for your service. What about his irreplaceable five wins above replacement that Marcus Hayes made up? That oh, yeah. Came out of pulled that right out of his – well, he, Marcus Hayes went to Syracuse, so he obviously knows everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen, his all. wife bought me a beer one time, and I love – Oh, you're so easily uh, bought. Uh, actually, you're Captain, I saw you at the game in the world. on Friday. I saw you at the game on Friday. I was going to say hi, but you had like a huge following around you. I'm, I'm, like, of, I'm like the Philly fanatic at the ball. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. You're, you're you're a celebrity now, man, for real. Who has a bigger entourage, Philly captain or Zach Hample? Or at, the Citizens Bank, at Citizens Bank Park, me, at any other ballpark, that dork. Does it grind your I gears wish... a little bit that, that Hample's kind of beloved in other ballparks? No, I don't care. I mean, the guy goes around catching baseballs. I'm sure it's something to be proud of, right? That's, I, that's cool. I, I think I, you got to find a sponsor. Please like them. You could you could find a well, you could find one of those Philly sports trips sponsors and just go around to thirty different stadiums throughout the MLB promoting your defense against Zach Campbell and why he's a bad guy. Oh, I, I go around to other ballparks. I'm going to be traveling next month to some stadiums, and uh, you know I, I went to Baltimore. Kids say hi to me there down there, and they they also you know what a lot of kids come up to me, eight year old kids. They look me right in the eye. And they go fuck Zach Campbell. <laughs> and I just, I really, I really love the youth. And uh, I don't think he should come to Philadelphia. I hope um, he uh, does. I like people tell me things they want to say to him. And I'm like, don't say that. Please don't do that. Like, I feel bad a little bit, but I think for his uh, sake, he shouldn't come to the ballpark because it's just going to be, and not, not that anything would happen. It would just be really, really annoying for like four hours. People yelling, fuck you to him. Tim, we got one more question from Philly fans. A great hypothetical. If 95 could be fixed tomorrow, but re-signs a five-year deal with the Phillies, what do you say? Yeah, I, I take that, honestly. I take it. You know what? It'd be good for me because then I can keep complaining about him as he inevitably declines. So, I mean, I, or you can just I, keep I, complaining I, about 95, which you guys love I mean, to do. Let's, let's face it. 
if Reese goes and the guy who replaces him stinks too, I'm going to complain about that guy. That's what we do. That's how I was, I was raised. I, I had a grandpa who was a Red Sox fan. My dad was a uh, Phillies fan, so he learned at the lap of my grandpa who was eternally pissed about the Red Sox. Um, and uh, my dad complains all the time. And I guess, you know, I, t- I got it from him. I just complain all the time. It's like re- let's, breathing. Let's be honest. This is, this is the Northeast Super Bowl. You guys love to complain. There's nothing that has happened there in the last century besides maybe the tire fire of 96. Well, Rudy, that also Rudy's took the press that. conference. The, 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 the what? Trump press conference. Uh, the Four Seasons the landscaping still, press yeah. conference. It was the I Super don't Bowl. Think, I don't think half the people in this city could point out where the Four Seasons landscaping is. You know what? Or it's right by day, where that accident is. Yeah, remember six eleven accident is off if you know where Sweet Lucy's is or where Flukes used to be. It's oh, in that general vicinity. I spent way well, too much honest, time what, in Northeast Philly. For, what for, else for does the Northeast talk about? The Phillies stink right now. They're below 500. I know they're playing well, but they're still below 500. The Sixers Butler? suck. Yeah, the Notre Eagles Dame. Were- Notre Dame. Has Notre Dame is my national title, man. We got the Penny Pack Park Music Festival every Wednesday yeah. night. Everybody's <laughs> talking about what color yeah, so Rob going to be there. What do we got? We got this Rod Stewart impersonator. Do we have? Oh, the- he's good. Yeah, he's the really David good. Bowie cover band, outrageous. Yeah. And yes. they usually end with the Pink Floyd show. At the end of September, and they have laser lights and everything. Oh, yeah. Woo! The penny I'm part, you, penny it's, it's like it's like dollar store stuff, but dude, they actually like he said, Sir Rod, he's actually really good. So these they get some legit cover bands, and uh, people come to the park. You know, you don't have to wor- worry about sitting in traffic to get there because it's not close. You will now. Anything. Yeah. Well, not me. I'm coming from Fox Chase, so I'm. Yeah. I'm a, I just okay, I just got- take the woods, yeah. man. I'm gonna take the trail down. Okay. Kev, you got anything else for our Northeast correspondents? Yeah, well, I know the Northeast correspondents love the Phillies. Um, so I got to get Tim's take and Captain's take on uh, Tori Lovello um, deciding to go protect his player last night. And um, Yeah, I'd rip his finger off and shove it up as if I were JT. Yeah. Take the three-game suspension and slap him in the face. Well, I mean, I mean here's, here's, he here's, here's – he thinks he did, he did this to Yadier Molina too a few years ago. He gets yes. him, yeah. He, he you know he's got he needs someone needs to slap the shit out of him. Seriously, slap him in the face, put him in his place because you don't do it. You don't point. You don't you don't stick your finger in somebody's face and it's just cool. That's just me. His I team won last cool. night, right? His team won last night. They were see, that, see this is. I hate that. I hate that narrative. He's like he fired up. He fired up the boys. Okay, fine. He fired up JT to hit the cycle. Then, like, do you want to just you know, do you want to just keep going back and forth I don't care on about it? I, I, cycle. I care about the W, which we didn't get. So I know yeah, it's, it's, it's game sixty six of one sixty two. Cap. It was a it was a bitch thing to fight. I mean, it was a it, it barely hit his hand, and like if he would have just moved a, like a, a little bit faster, he could have gotten it. out of the way. It was a bitch thing to yell about. But I think I, – I don't know if he was just doing it to get the team hawked up. You got to get hawked up sometimes, you know? Well, and, here's uh, the thing. It's like I, I don't I, – first of all, I think it's like funny to see how quickly the Phillies bullpen made it down to the um, – they beat the D-backs bullpen by like 10, 10 full seconds to home plate. But I, I, I can't believe as much as MLB is, wants to change rules and, and make all these adjustments to the game, I can't believe that they haven't 
like outlawed that yet or like or they don't find guys retroactively for like leaving the bullpen or leaving the dugout or anything like that you know i'm not i'm not i'm not suggesting that i'm not advocating for that because i, I love seeing the benches clear just as much as the next person but like the nba you get fined if you leave the bench like nfl guys who come on the field you know they get fined or whatever so i i don't <laughs> i guess i'm just surprised that they they seem to be wanting to, to change everything but you know that's that's kind of a Un, unwritten thing that just keeps happening dudes dudes coming out and nobody does anything it's the equivalent of like hold me back you know nobody's fighting anybody so that's probably what i what i didn't like is that like after the after the game this was a little bit of uh tory tory Lavol's quote i have nothing but the utmost respect for jt romuto this was me protecting our player and him protecting his pitcher i mean nothing that you see in that fracas looks like he has any respect for jt romuto i'm not throwing my finger in a lot of people's faces who i respect if i see captain he pisses me off i'm throwing my finger in his in his face first of all he's from the northeast i'm scared he's gonna break it or maybe even bite it off but second it is nobody is is respecting me if someone's throwing their finger in my face also like this is a grown ass man. Like it's a it's a it's a grown ass man that d- does he need what is what is protecting my player from what an inside protecting fastball. Me. Matt Strom sucks. That's the first problem. <laughs> he gets a five one lead and immediately just hands the Diamondbacks two more runs. That's really the issue here. I mean that guy's driving me to drink. You know, uh, he wants to be Elliot Ness out there. Yeah, he wants to be Elliot Ness. Get some guys out. Maybe I'll stop drinking some. Well, they score. I mean, the funny thing, not the funny thing, the sad thing really is they score eight runs in a bullpen game and they still lose. You know, Um, I think the stat that was going around on Twitter today was that the Phillies are now two and 10 when they throw bullpen games when the fifth starters out there, you know, Bailey Falter, whomever it is. And I don't know. I think we really need stats on what that looks like for the other teams in Major League Baseball, because I would presume that every team looks like shit when they throw their fifth starter out there or they throw a bullpen game. But still, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, there surely, Tim, there's got to be like a, a, a journeyman out there somewhere who can give you more than what you're getting now. I'm not saying that it's going to look like four aces and Joe Blanton, because I think that was an outlier thing and that that's not realistic in, in this way shape or form but but like really it's a doc rivers schedule loss is it not yeah i i, I would I'm, i don't know if they're just waiting for painter to come come back i saw midsummer as a possibility mm-hmm. for him i feel like that's too long to wait um strom was good early in the season there you know um he's definitely tailed off a bit and oh man he was horrendous on friday captain you saw that 4-1 lead he just fucking coughs it up Terrible, 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 terrible. He stunk. I was so mad. Kyle Kyle Schwarber made it better, though. That was a great way to end the game. I'm still mad. I'm still – yeah, he still ticked me off. But uh, And last night, how's the, uh, it was usable to, to get a 5 pound lead and then immediately hand back two runs. you got to shut it down there in the third inning. I mean, that game's Cap, entirely how's the, how's the mood down at, uh, at the Phillies game? I know you're going to, like, almost every Phillies game. I've been to every home game but one, and I made up with that because I went to a Yankees game, so I call it even. I went to every home game then. Um, the uh, yo, no, they've been doing good at home. They, they I think their, their record at home is way better than it is on the road. Like eighteen and ten or nineteen and ten, I think at home. Yeah, I rattle those other players when I yell at them. When I when I heckle, I get to their heads. I make them. I, I make them nervous. I I, sure. I don't know. The mood at the ballpark's great. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's too damn crowded for me. 
and you got to wait in line for sodas and, and popcorn. It, it, it's paid in the ass. It's like tra- it's like traffic in Bridesburg. Um, <laughs> no, so for real, real quick, like what's the deal with that? Because the, we were looking at the, you know, we were seeing the dollar dog night lines and stuff, but people were saying that it's not just that. It's everything down there. I, I, and, to it, piggyback, it and to piggyback on that real quick, Captain, Nola and the guys are complaining about how fast the pitch clock is there. So games must be just feeling like this. I love it because I have to go home and edit my YouTube video when I do. And I get the videos up by midnight some nights. Usually during the World Series, I was taking me till three in the morning. They get the things edited. So it's a treat for me. I love the pitch clock. Uh, But I don't think other people have YouTube channels. It's like I know my friends who love baseball. Uh, My buddy Luke, who works at the team store, he hates the pitch clock because he loves three and a half hour games. He loves hanging out at the ballpark. It, the atmosphere in the ballpark makes him happy. Also, probably uh, gets paid an extra hour because he works at the team store. That doesn't mean anything to him. He just likes hanging out at the ballpark. Me and my buddies, some days it goes by. There was a game that was under two hours almost. I might have been two hours. And I was like, damn, that was a little too fast. But um, the, I, I think the mood at the ballpark's been great. I mean, there's only been like two or three dud of the games uh, this year, but most of the games have been competitive. Um, and, and I'm all right with everything, but you know, we lost Reese, the the painter injury We're I think we're going to be okay. Uh, the fact that our bullpen got the home plate first, I said, we're going to the playoffs when I saw that. I don't know can why. I, I was like, can, we're can, connected. I, can I ask captain a question? You said you've been at almost all the games. The crowd on Friday was awesome. How uh, the, the crowd just generally been great so far. In terms of yeah, as long and... as the Phillies are in it, the, the crowd's been good. I mean, it's not playoff atmosphere, but it's 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 a relatively as long as the games within four runs, people are paying attention to the games. But the lines at the concession stands, the reason why they're so long is because everything is credit card, debit card, and you know the smartphones. So they take time for them to load up, and um, it's it's just that's what that's what the problem is. And because the lack of theft at the ballpark after they went to all um, cashless transactions, they're they're not going to go back. Have you noticed that ballparks and stadiums are the only places that you there are uh, cashless? It's because of employee theft going way down. Oh, hmm. interesting. Another wrinkle. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. notice that. I didn't know that at all. I just thought I everybody who worked at Citizen Bank Park was an upstanding citizen. I did notice, Captain. Maybe you on Friday, especially there weren't a lot of like those cheap noise gimmicks, you know, like make noise, two strikes, but well, the, the crowd stunk, you know, they had so much of that fill and it was awful. You know, game. Experience. Do they still, do they still play what's in the box? No, this year is cap, no cap. So the player tells you three facts about them. Like, Oh, I started in oh. this team. I was traded for this player and it's cap or no cap. It just so you, you, your older viewers know, Cap means true. No cap means it's a lie because I had to ask. All right, let's let's play cap no cap with the Philly captain. Uh, give oh, us two oh, truths. Oh. Give us two truths and one lie. Cap means lie. Um, I have Flo Rida's phone number in my cell phone. Okay. I um, I have drinking beer with Hulk Hogan. And I have smoking a joint with Trey Cool of Green Bay. I know Flo Rida's right. I'm gonna. I, I was gonna say that was false, 
No, he's 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 the flow rider's biggest fan. No, he thought of it right away too. So that's definitely yeah. true. The ones that he had to think of are the ones he had to make up. So I think Trey Cool is the. I th- I'm, I'm going to go Hogan. Hulk Hogan. I did not drink a beer with Trey Cool. Matter of fact, this is Trey Cool's drum from the uh. tour. Uh, I have a uh, really bad Green Day tattoo on my arm. <laughs> And I got to go backstage when they played the Electra Factory during the Nimrod tour, and I I, I got to smoke joint with uh, Trey Cool. Oh, I love it, man! I love Trey Cool shit. I've done Green Day drum videos, man. People people love it. They just want to hear the Dookie songs over and over again. I got to do the whole Dookie album, I think. He's a very talented drummer. Very yeah. underrated. I don't think people talk about him. Kind of hard to play, honestly, because he just like your wrist on the hi hat will fall off if you're not like he he, he was so tight in the. In the pocket, the very first Green Day album they recorded, or the first album called The Lookouts that he recorded for Lookout Records, they had to hide the symbols because he used them too much. And for some reason, it cost like an extra hour to mic the symbols. So they uh, hide the symbols from him because he's he's so (laughs) hi hat heavy. I love it. That's a good story. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, I kind of see like Captain as Hulk Hogan and Zach Hample is like the Iron Sheik, you know. But I. yeah. I could, I could, I could, I could definitely. Oh wait, no. I'm, I'm actually. More like I'm, the town. I'm a a professional wrestling manager. I'm going to be doing a match June 25th at Philamoka. I will be managing uh, a tag team of four people. I am a bad guy. Uh, so, I. But in the in the real world, Zach Campbell is the bad guy, and I'm oh. the good guy. You gotta learn the. You gotta learn the nomenclature. You're the heel. That's what they're doing. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't talk. I don't talk that way to you regular people. You're not the boys behind the scenes. You hear bad guy. You guys no, don't know. No wait, now so you but you're the manager, so you're going to be like escorting them out to the ring. Oh, I've been I've been a professional wrestling manager for two years now. Yes, I, okay. I manage on spot the most dangerous man in GTS wrestling, and on June 25th at Philamoka, I am I'm going to be managing against my friends, the Fan Debit Crew. Uh, they have a tag team because last time I, I had a wrestling match, I cut a promo calling everybody in the city a loser, and uh, they were upset with me because of that. So, I'm gonna give you my top three wrestling managers of all time right now. Number one, Paul Bearer, number two, Bill Alfonso from ECW with the whistle, number three, it's got to be Jimmy Hart, right. Well, I can't believe he didn't say Bobby Heaton. I'm disgusted. Or no Paul Heyman? Paul Bearer Bearer was a horrible answer. And uh, Bearer's classic. What is is the Undertaker without Paul Bearer? He's he's Uh, nothing. He he had a career of 30 years, and Paul Bearer was there for 10. So whatever he was for those 20 years, that's his career without Paul Bearer. Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart. Paulie Danger, Bill Alfonso is a really good one because he was great, man. He, you wanted to break his neck. And, yeah. that's, that, and that's what I want people to do. Come break my neck, June 25th. You, yeah, by the end of a Sabu and Rob Van Dam tag team, you wanted to grab the whistle from Bill Alfonso uh, and strangle him with it. It's kind of like you, Eddie Alvarez's wife when he fights in MMA. She's just in the background screaming, Eddie, Eddie. And you're like, all right, let's just end this fight already. But uh, but you I knew saw, you knew it was there. Yeah. No, I saw Eddie Eddie Alvarez wrestle North Catholic. That was not a man you messed with. My favorite thing about Eddie Alvarez is that when he made it big, he moved to the Northeast. 
Like that was his <laughs> thing. Like that was his escape. That was like the step up for him was Northeast Philadelphia. From he from- owns a, a restaurant in Port Richmond. Uh, he's part of uh, the Golden Malt Company. And uh, I went and did a food review there. wasn't very favorable. Then I found out it was Eddie Val- Alvarez's place, and I changed my tune. I said, oh, the fries were okay. Not that bad. Let me guess. Uh, they they had you do the Witt and Witowski review. No, I don't ask permission. I just go in places and do it. That's what I did do the review of because that's what it was known of, and I'm going to say it right here on the Crossing Broad podcast. It's all right. Yeah, it wasn't that good. I 100% agree. Man, it's it's it don't believe the hype. You because when you see it, you you grab it, you bite it, you put it in your mouth. You're thinking cheesesteak, and what's it taste yep. like? Not a cheesesteak, like, like kind of like steak. a hot corned beef sandwich. A little bit, yeah. I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah, Thank but of course, cool, yeah. cool place, cool place though. It's a it's a old um the new church. one anyway. It's an old church, which is really cool in it and stuff. Um, I got a little update on the uh, I-95. Pennsylvania Transportation Secretary says replacement plan for 95 will be made available to. All of you tomorrow, he says. PennDOT contractor was already close by on site working previous project, and so with equipment here, they got this job. So it looks like, I guess, PennDOT will be a part of it in some way. I I, I don't know if it's going to be federally. Thank, yeah, thank well, God for Larry right. Menti. Thank God for Larry Menti asking the questions, right? Larry Menti, go. You know, guy guy fans of flames of conspiracy, and then uh, he's, probably. He's a jerk off. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I, I guess, I guess we can wait for him to hack into some more email accounts. Dude, he was talking shit about Kensington, like he knows about Kensington. Oh, Kensington, blah blah blah. Like, dude, I've never seen you once in Kensington, that Larry Mente. Go, yeah, go hack an email. That's what, every time you think about. It, that's all you think about. It was interesting that there were noted journalists and Bob Kelly, Chris O'Connell, other guys who were actually fanning the fire of where's the tanker, where's the driver, where's this, where's that. That was very – I feel like that's not typically in the, the playbook, really. Uh, you, you more let your, your, uh, your, 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 your crazy conspiracy theory Twitter uh, profiles handle that one. It was really interesting to see guys who were actually on the payroll fan these flames. It drove me nuts. I made a video down there, right? And I didn't mention the driver – or the tanker, because I could clearly see with my eyes, the highway was crushing a truck. You yeah, can't you can get the, the name. You can't get the name of a truck when there's a highway and it's on fire. You can't read it. You got to remove the highway. I just thought that was common sense. I don't understand. And Bob Kelly is, you know, I don't understand. He's such a jolly guy on TV, Bob Kelly. He's so happy-go-lucky, but he's such a negative prick on Facebook. I remember one time there was like a homeless encampment on on uh, the, the, the Ben Franklin Parkway, and this is during the pandemic, and he was like, how come the homeless people can encamp, but we can't tailgate outside an Eagles Inn? We can't go to. Because there's a fucking virus, Bob Kelly, you maniac, you fucking lunatic. Oh, he's so jolly. It's not, I hate him. Cap, it's not the worst question. I, I, I remember that. I do ever. remember that. Yeah, yeah it just drove me nuts. Bob Kelly, yeah. I just he just drives me nuts. And people love him, and it's don't believe him. Oh, he's got the, he's got the greatest job in the world. Greatest job in the world. Greatest job in the world. Go down to Wildwood on a Thursday, Friday. Do some local business segment. Go go uh, get your weekend started on uh, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It was interesting. It was uh, it was a fun twenty four hours. A lot to do. We have uh, I think we've 
one more thing before we uh, before we let you guys go. Tim, if you have to drop, drop whenever, man. Um, Valerie Camillo, out of nowhere, resigns. Uh, takes a new position, presumably. I don't think that's been um, talked about yet. I don't think it's been confirmed yet. But it's an interesting, I think, from a lot of people, Flyers fans more in general, that I personally thought she was good, was ready to turn it around with the help of uh, Dan Hilferty, Keith Jones, and now Danny Briere. And then you hear this, and you're like, that press conference that uh, everybody wanted to talk about how good it was, how this was a new uh, transition for the Flyers. They were in a new direction. I think Val Camillo knew where she was going during that press conference. I don't want to speculate, but. Yeah, that's what I wanted to. I was going to mention that. Like, you know, these executives, she's, you know, obviously an executive. These searches just don't happen in 24 hours. She must have been looking for work as early as I would, you know, maybe April or whatever, you know, putting it out there. Hey, I, I want to, you know, fresh start or something different. She had to have been, had either at least interviewed or been in the final stages of accepting that job when they had that press conference. So I don't know. Don't you have like a little, I don't know, just get your ducks in a row beforehand and say, Hey, everybody does want to be here. Right. Um, you know, maybe, um, you know, who knows? Well, I, don't, I, I wonder how much Dan Hilferty and all of them knew before that press conference. That press conference felt like they were all in lockstep. I mean, they got the Snow the Goalie guys in their back pocket. They go on Snow the Goalie podcast. Fraud. Keith Jones goes on Snow the Goalie podcast. Those guys are yucking it up. Uh, Dan Hilferty's offering San Filippo book contracts already. And it's wild. Would you and read, now would read that. Gone. It'd, be, it'd be longer than Ulysses. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like Moby Dick. Yeah, you know, thousand pages to read about how they got knocked out in the second round of the playoffs, but everybody did a good job. Well, the theory, of course, is that when Dan Wilfredy came in, that you know, okay, well, maybe that puts a maybe that puts a ceiling on what Val Camillo can do, or maybe okay. they were like, well, it's not going to work out, or whatever. I, you know, they didn't say that, and they're not going to say that. I mean, the language that they used in the email to employees was they said, quote, uh, Valerie Camillo has decided to leave Comcast Spectacor, uh, effective July 1st, 2023, after five years with the company. So whether or not it was, whether she was forced out or not, I think Hilferty's arrival probably at least put a ceiling on where she could go or what she could do, you know? But yeah, it was funny because they just gave her a promotion or gave her a new role, shifted her title or whatever back in September. So it was less than, less than a year ago, nine months ago, they moved her into a different thing. So I like I that know. she broke she broke Ant's leg on her way out the door. It was a great, yeah, maybe great maybe game. this was maybe they knew that we were going to sue them for her breaking Anthony's leg in the dunk tank, um, and so this was a a preemptive move on on their part, yeah, for assault and battery. I would be interested to see. Don't rule this out. I think Russ was the first one to say this in our group chat. The commanders. Wonder if Val Camilla would go to the Commanders now that Josh Harris owns the team, and I think he's been pretty impressed with her. Obviously, they've been close, you know, in the building. Sixers and uh, and and Flyers do communicate, I'm sure, over a bunch of stuff. But I would I would uh, it would be interesting to see if it's she's going back to DC. I think she has ties to DC as well. Well, she right. The caveat to- there is that her background is there. I think she was with the Nationals for a little bit, right? Um, yeah. Hang on, let me pull up LinkedIn.com here, and we can triple check on it in live live time. Yeah. But wouldn't Kathy, that be ironic if she, if, if for all the beef that Comcast and the Sixers have right now, if one of their, with the Comcast high ranking people went to work for HBSE in another market? Maybe a mole? Hmm. 
She was the chief revenue and marketing officer of the Washington Nationals from February 2014 to January 2019. And before that, she was with the uh, the NBA up in uh, in New York. So, so she's got ties to the NBA and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Cap, you got anything on it? You know, you could say no. Hey, look, who, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> now, no, Dan Hilferty, I will say Dan Hilferty is an awesome human being. I've dealt with him for like a few years. When I worked at Boyd's, and um, sometimes you deal with a lot of you deal with a lot of jerk offs. But Dan Hilferty would go there every week. And he was a like, buy new pocket square and all stuff. Very, very, very nice guy. He's the reason we. I, I, I don't. I don't care what this lady did. Goodbye, Dan Hilferty's here. Goodbye. If all. if anyone doesn't know what Boyd's is, Boyd's is a very, very nice uh, suit luxury suit suit shop in the middle of uh, Center City at the Captain used to work. I used to used to huck suits back in the day. Who was a dickhead who came in? Mm, uh, mostly lawyers who had to wait for like something to get pressed early. Who was a big dickhead? Um, not not a dickhead, but Wiz Khalifa would come in and buy Montclair jackets. Not a dickhead move, but him and his uh, he would have like eight guys with him, and the entire second floor, which is casual wear, would reek of marijuana even like an hour after he left. So that so, was pretty- so Boyd's had a very lax marijuana policy. You're saying? Listen, if you're going to buy ten Montclair jackets at two thousand dollars a pop, you could I I don't I you could probably go do anything you want in a restroom. I that's all I know. <laughs> I like it. Uh, one more thing before we go. Once again, Tim, you got to get going. You gotta get going. Yeah, I, I would like to send Philly captain and somebody else up to Rhode Island because we we need to remedy a situation up there. Cat, did you hear about Rhode Island? No. Who, who, who's, who's talking about Rhode Island? Oh, so these two jabronis from the State Department, I believe it is, or the governor, the government, whatever, come down to Philadelphia and they go to the Bach Bar. And supposedly they're they have fifty five million dollars of investment. Do you remember what it was over? Were they trying to what were they trying to build or were they trying yeah, to renovate? they're trying to they're trying to renovate a, an abandoned building up in Providence. Uh, it's it's gonna. I think they're just trying to see what Bach did and the Bach people have bid on the work. They want to renovate it into probably like a mixed use kind of community, similar to what was going on at Bach. So they were gonna do they were gonna get a fifty five million dollar consulting fee. I, I I think the people at Bach were gonna get it for to help renovate the uh, the Rhode Island uh, abandoned building whatnot. So these two guys, these two jabronis, come down and they and um the uh, the woman who's who's leading it, um her name is last name is Scanapeco. Uh, forgive me. Um, at midnight, this is, this is coming. So, so the guys come down and they're just complete assholes. Um, and they, the, they were so bad that the two people running it wrote an email back to the Rhode Island government. were just like, these are the worst people we've ever met in our lives. Here's why. And detailed it. This is the first one at midnight before the tour. Patton, who was one of the Rhode Island guys texted Scanapeco, who is overseeing the redevelopment of the Providence building, please have fresh coffee with milk and sugar and the best croissant in Philadelphia ready for me upon arrival, he wrote. Director Thorson, who's another guy in the Rhode Island, likes Diet Coke. Have a cold six-pack waiting on the table in your conference room. You have three hours to convince us to give you $55 million. So right there, I hate these guys. You're Rhode Island, all right? You're not Texas. You're not California. You're not New York. You're the smallest state in the country, and you're just throwing out a list of demands like that. Captain, if someone told you, hey, Cap, 
have my milk and sugar ready. You've got three hours to convince me why I should invest in your YouTube channel. And they had like 500 subscribers. How would you feel? They, they have fifty five million. Wait, no, they have fifty five million dollars. I might get them that cup of coffee. They have like I, that's no problem. But here's 10, the thing: I I don't know where the fuck you get a good croissant in Philadelphia. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> Who the fuck wants a croissant? You get a you know a cannoli or something. Fuck that guy just for the croissant. That pisses me off more than anything. No, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna grab one from Wawa. Take the bacon and egg and cheese off it. Get him a just- I think you go to DeBruno Brothers where the lady uh, pulled her mask down and spit on the other woman and said, I don't have COVID, bitch. Or what What did she say to her? Something. It was basically along that line. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Get, get her to get you a croissant. Yeah. Yeah. Rhode Island asking for all that is like the opening band at like a at Bonnaroo. Asking for this big like rider. You, well, you guys like, are asking like we're asking these. They were asking them to rebuild the highway. They asked for a six pack of coke, a coffee, and a croissant. He just asked. He asked for it like a dickhead. It he wasn't just, just that. Said, hey, cause, can was, you do me a favor? Can you run well, down the wall while get me this? I, you know. I know a few. So they also asked for the that restaurant Irwin's to open yes. early for lunch. They didn't pay. Um, although apparently they asked for the invoice after. They also got like some special pair of shoes, and the one guy, the one guy insulted uh, Chinese people on his way out the door. Um, yeah. uh, there's so all detail in that article. It was it was just general. They were bad. They were just bad people. Rude. The group visited the headquarters of Diodora, which is in the Bach Italian Sports Square. And the guy, one of the Rhode Island guys, goes, "Are these made in China? I hope not, because I really hate China." And then he turned to an Asian American female staffer of the room and said, "No offense, hun." So these guys are once again, Rhode Island. We're talking scumbags. About. We're yeah. not talking about New York. We're not talking about California. Totally. We're talking about some There's oil no baron. way that happened. There's no way that happened. There's no an way. entire. And somebody got somebody got pissed off, and they just they they they're, they're over. They're making a story worse than what it is. There's no way. He's well, they, this guy he's not denying it. That's the thing. No. He's not denying it. He's. He uh he had I don't know he lawyered up or whatever. Uh, Lawyer said he had like three people close to him die in the last three years, so he's throwing their bodies in front of it. But he's not making any excuses. He's gonna face it head on. Worst people to come down here from Rhode Island since Angelo. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Yo, I gotta let you know I don't. I'm a little concerned about my buddy Butch from Maniunk, man. Uh oh. Ever since he's not doing, you know, he he told me. No, we're not doing no more of those shows. I thought I've I've danced with the best. I can't dance with any better. That's what Butchie said. But I'm telling you, he seems a little sad. Like he's a little down because he ain't got no like like hmm. real uh outlet to read his poems. Could he could he pop on your show once, maybe? Give you guys a poem? Let you guys oh, he probably won't do it because he danced with the best. I'm sorry. I but I, I feel bad for him, man. I'm gonna you know, because some people want to get a Butchie for Maniac update because I, I love your I love your radio segments. I really love your radio segments, Kevin. They're, they're so fucking good. And uh, appreciate that. Yeah, they're, they're, it just I could I could talk about sports radio all day because it's so interesting. Well, and, should, uh, the question is, do I extend an olive branch to Butch because I had previously written that he should be banned from all <laughs> from all events? You know, I, I think the thing that put me over the top was when he sang to uh, Greg Ward and uh, Vinny. Uh, not Vinnie Paul. Vinnie Paul's the drummer from Pantera. Who was the defensive end we had? Not Vinnie Vinny, Curry. Uh, 
Vinnie Curry, yes. When he sang that song to Greg Ward and Vinnie Curry at a WIP event, I think that was the final straw for me. I was like, we can't let Butch go to any more of these events. But then you, just have, then, then you just see all the videos, and Kevin does a great job of profiling him. And you're just like, this is just a, an old guy who just enjoys life and enjoys the little things like singing his songs and writing his poems and waking up at five in the morning to go on a cross country trip to an Eagles game. And everybody's like dead. And he's just singing in, in terminal a at uh, a eight. Well, I think uh, that was the, that was the snapshot of, of Butch right there was him in the background singing in the, uh, in the terminal while the guy in front of him on the, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, Butch, it's a bit much to handle. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, Cap, why don't you get him started on Cameo? Because Butchie has a flip phone. I tried. I tried. Cameo, they have a thing. I, I, I even tried to get you on there, Kyle, because they, if I can get people to sign up to do Cameos, I get a piece of their money. I get 5%. I think you would be good at it. People know who you are. And I thought Butchie, too. And guess what? Neither one of you dick guy, dickheads capitalize on the opportunity dude i do hundreds of them it's 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 so much fun and, what, and what, i think you would do wildly successful with it what are you charging on cameo i only charge 15 bucks it's not bad though hundreds hundred? can hundreds. we track down the guy that hit captain and have captain do a cameo oh. for him that we can air can we Cap, can we get an update? I meant to ask you this. Can we get an update on the hit and run if anyone didn't say it was about last week go on captain's channel the philly captain on youtube one of my favorite videos you've ever done and one of the most anxiety-ridden videos I've ever watched in my life. My heart was coming out of my chest because I didn't know what was happening next. Go ahead. It's like an action movie, right? Oh. Um, I, I um, Here's the update on the car. Uh, the, the guy, I was hit by a car that was uninsured. Um, I posted a video on YouTube. I later found out that I have some guy who's messaging me on social media who was like i guess he's a cop and he said that license plate on that car is fake it's not a real license plate so i have to go i have to go back down there today to get the vin because the police did not get the car towed an uninsured car with inspection stickers from 2021 um that that was involved in a hit and run is just in the middle of a port richmond street and uh, it's just sitting there uh, the guys hit me and they tried to, to get away. And the, the thing is, I grew up in Port Richmond and there was no way they were going to get away from me in Port Richmond. You're, you cannot escape me in Port Richmond. And, <laughs> you are the final boss of Port Richmond. And, 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 and I think when I chased the guys down, I had my camera in my hand and I think they thought it was a gun because yeah. they um, they were like, they're like, oh, we, we, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything or something. We don't have anything. We're not high. And I'm like, nah, you fucking hit me. You drove off. And um, so after they hit me, they uh, just slowly walked away. And the cops yeah. came about 45 minutes later, so they never caught them. So I don't know. I don't. I got. I actually am going to the body shop after this to see what the hell I got to do. I don't know. I'm probably... Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to pay a deductible. My insurance rate's probably gonna go up, and uh, I gotta sit four hours in traffic to get to the body and, shop because 95 is closed. And this has happened before, right? You a couple months ago, you got hit by another uninsured driver. Listen, anybody listening or watching, if if you ever get hit by an uninsured driver and they try to make a deal with you, they go, "Oh, listen, here's my phone number. Get back to me at this. Don't do it." It's a wrong number. It doesn't work. They're not going to give you shit. They're driving illegally. 
Don't let them go anywhere. Call the cops and make them lose their fucking car. Make them we can't tell people to chase them. We can't tell people to chase Don't them. Chase you're them. a nut. Don't chase them. Yeah, and I, there was two guys in that car. The yeah, you're a nut. Nah, dude, fuck that. I was pissed. I was pissed and I was in Port Richmond. I can't do no wrong in Port Richmond. And I always got a weapon in my car. You grow, you grow up in Philly. You got a little club in your car. You know what you got to have. And I, I would have beat their, I didn't, but I could have. And uh, there was no physicality. And that's something that's a problem too, because everybody who gets involved in the hit and run, they, the people who get hit, who get hit, just stay there. And the people who run get away with it. And nothing's getting prosecuted in the city. It's a lawless crime that, city. That's what I wanted to bring up. They don't, the cops, they can't pull over anybody if they run the plates and find, you know, that they are right. insured. There's a, there's a, there's a new, here's the thing. In the 1970s, Philadelphia was extremely over-policed. The police got away with anything. Even in the 90s, we would get caught drinking. The cops would beat us with the billy clubs, right? So the cops acted too authoritative. And now... We are policing the police too much. We are paying for the sins of the 1970 police force. We and overcorrected, it, Captain. We went too far in one direction. We're you too come far back to, to the left. Yeah. We got to get back to the Senate. We're doomed. Yeah. It's just, we can it's all doomed. we can all agree. Like nickel rides needed to go. Nickel rides bad. Not pulling people over for committing traffic offenses also bad. Like, let's just get the pendulum just back in the middle. Back to the middle. Listen, I think for the next episode, I think we'll continue this discussion on the next episode. We'll get Krasner on here. We'll get McNesby mm -hmm. on here. We'll get Sherelle. We'll get, we'll get Danielle Outlaw. We'll get Sherelle Parker. We'll get them all we, on we, here. We, Jim Kenny might be busy. Jim Kenny's probably busy. I think he has a Real Madrid game that he's going to. You know what sucks? You can't get any of those people on the show, but if you reached out to David O., you could get him on the show and he stands no chance in winning. Isn't if that I can get if I can get Joe Cordell of Cordell and Cordell on this show after five years of trying to book him, I think we can get one of these these people. We got Shapiro on here. We, we can get the, the governor, governor on. on. Huh? Mm. We had the governor. We had the governor. We had yeah, Joe but the Cordell. People are sleazy. They don't talk to anybody. Maybe Parker because she's running. But you ain't gonna get outlaw on here. Ain't no way. I'll give you I'll give you five bucks if you got her on. All right, okay. give me fifteen, and I'll okay. I'll reinvest it in your cameo. Let's go. All right, it's on. Book me a cameo, Billy. <laughs> All right, dickhead. Um, does, does anyone do we do we have time to talk about the Doc Rivers comments on Bill Simmons pod? That's one thing I just wanted to talk about. You don't care. That. We can Ooh. do all that stuff on Thursday if you want. Who was that? It was terrible. It was all it was all passing the buck. It was all passing the blame. That we doesn't do one sound thing? like him. That doesn't sound like the Doc Rivers I know. I want to do I want to do one, Kev. Give me one. Sure. All right. So he was asked by Bill about are there any scars in the organization from the process? And this was his quote. Yeah, you could feel it all through the organization. Elton, when he bought me, when he brought me in, that's what he told me. This is not just about coaching the team. We're bringing you in here to change the culture, and he meant everywhere. We looked through the whole organization. If you're not on board, if you're not trying to win, if that's not what you're breathing every day. For me, it's time to go, and I meant that with everybody in the organization. And overall, I thought we were starting to get it done. This motherfucker was taking – he wanted to take a year off before the Sixers even hired him. He wanted to golf whenever he wanted to. He wasn't burning the midnight oil and watching tape like his counterparts were, like Mike Malone and Eric Spolscher were. I mean, this was this was just an entire interview of Bill Simmons, who used to be pretty uh, critical of, uh, of Doc. Just letting Doc get away with everything. He asked about Joel Embiid, and he passed the buck there. He asked him about James Harden and how hard it was to coach him. And this was his his quote was basically like, "Well, you know, people know how to to stop him in the playoffs, and that's why." Well, isn't it the coach's job 
to game plan something so they can't take one of your best players he out of it. Been, he could, to your point, he could have said more of, yes, I needed to do a better job of this, or I could have done this differently, or I could have, you know, but he was just kind of answering the questions as they were presented to him. The process thing, like, it's always going to be there, man. We got people relitigating this thing 10 years now. They did a whole day on it on WIP this week. You know, they just said, is this process win or did it fail? You know, so it's like you're always going to have that thing hanging over top of you even 15 years from now. Because it's like, you, you know, it is just so controversial the way they did it that it created this talking point that you can't it, you can't blow away. You know, it's always going to be hanging there. It's always going to be on them. So, you know, when Doc came in, he said straight up, like, I don't care about the last couple of years. I'm like, all right, well, the fans do, you know, like it's a continual thing. It's on one like epic here, E-P-O-C-H, you know. So, All right. Tim, yeah. Cap, anything before we go? Doc Rivers sucks. That's yeah. all. Yeah, he, he, I mean, I couldn't see him motivating anybody to do anything. I just don't. I never. I heard Nick Nurse say something at his press conference, like, "Oh, we just double team here and do this, this, this." And I was like, "I've never heard Doc Rivers talk <laughs> anything like basketball like that before." Um, I, I it's uh, you know, I heard Anthony Gargano say something. You know, the process was just really just a rebuild. But they just named it, and and, and and I wish that we would never named the process the process. I wish we just would have called it, you know, just a rebuild. Because now we're going to hear this for fucking ever, and it's it's yeah. annoying and dumb. It was a rebuild. It was just a hardcore rebuild. You know, right. I mean, like they embraced it. Oklahoma City did the same thing as the Sixers did, probably just as bad, but nobody, you know. Had nobody called. It, it turns out we should have been in the process because the people who were in charge making the draft picks fucked them all up. They were all they were. I mean, they were all bust. So it was a. We shouldn't have trusted anybody. That's what I learned from the who whole coined, process. Who coined the process? I thought they got it from a Sam Hinkie quote. I thought it was a Hinky quote. I think it came yeah, from it something that he from said. A quote yeah. from a longer excerpt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, Okay. Yeah, it was just it was just called from that. Yeah. So. All right. Hey, well, Cap, Tim, our Northeast correspondents, I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you to Craig on the ones and twos behind the scenes. Kev, you too, and of course everyone who's listening. We will talk to you on Thursday.